Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind-the-scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Ashley with Build Like a Chick. Ashley is a single mom who is building a business, well has been building a business, has a successful business now, of making custom furniture for uh, various different people in her local area. And she also can be found on social media sharing uh, what she is doing, what she is working on, and sharing plans as well for things that she has made. But before I let you get to the interview with Ashley, Are you currently a patron of the Maker Mom podcast? If you are not, what are you waiting for? It's super easy. I make it so easy. You can even just follow along with Maker Mom podcast on Instagram. That's just at Maker Mom podcast on Instagram. Hit the link in the bio and uh, hit become a member of the tribe. And that gets you right over to Patreon where you can become a patron. You get all kinds of cool things like a shout out on the show and depending on the tier that you pick you could get stickers and t-shirt and other swag you also get early access to show episodes as well as once a month online maker mom podcast meetup which is super fun we always have a blast so go check that out either through the link in the bio on instagram or patreon.com forward slash maker mom podcast all right with no further ado here is Ashley with Build Like a Chick. Um, all right. Well, for the start, why don't we get started with if you can just give like a brief introduction about yourself. Um, things you, what do you like to make about your family as much or as little as you feel comfortable in sharing? Okay. Um, my name is Ashley. I own my company, Build Like a Chick. Um, I've been building furniture for about five years now. I started off by refinishing furniture, furniture, and then decided I just wanted to build it. And the whole reason I started building was to stay home with my kids. Um, I adopted two twin boys, so just wanted to be home with them, and this was a way for me to make money and do that. I was commenting um, on, on something somebody had written on another Maker Mom post that I had that they're apparently twins are the thing in the Maker Mom community. It's like, <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, you're probably number four or five now that has multiples. So that's, that's crazy. Just, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, okay, so for five years about, um let's jump back a little bit to like what was your childhood like what kind of things were you interested in where'd you grow up 
Um, I grew up in Salt Lake. Um, I was a girly girl. I wasn't really, I don't know. Maybe I was kind of a tomboy. I wasn't really girly. I don't know. I've kind of gone all over the place. Like I love to camp. I love to get dirty. But I also did like modeling and stuff when I was a, a like in elementary school. Um, so I'm kind of like all over the place. <laughs> um, trying to think. I had a good childhood. Um, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents because uh, they have a swimming pool. So I was always at their house. Um, yeah, I don't know. I only have one, br I have one brother, uh, we're 15 years apart. So I was in high school when he was born. Um, so pretty much an only child my entire life. <laughs> yep. I totally understand that. I was almost 17 when my twin younger sisters were born. So okay. I was, yeah, I was at the end of my sophomore year of high school when they were when they were born. Um, and it is exactly uh, only child, basically. <laughs> uh, um, you don't have that sibling rivalry that you have when you're much closer in age to each yeah, other. Yeah, for sure. Um, has your brother gotten into anything similar to what you do now? No, he actually is studying to um, take the test to go into the police academy. So okay. completely right. different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, were your parents like, or your grandparents or any kind of like adult figures in your life, were they uh, like DIY or crafty or woodworking at all? Not at all. Actually, I've had my dad come out to help me in the shop a few times. And um, most of the time when he's out there, I'm like, can you please just go sit down? Like, because it takes me so much longer when he's in there so um yeah I didn't really pick up woodworking from anybody I just kind of started by watching YouTube and um I do have an uncle that is in the cabinet business but I've never actually gone to his business or worked with him so all right um what did you do like post high school um, I got married right out of high school and then I started working for a bridal manufacturer. So I was in charge of making sure wedding gowns got here from overseas and distributing them to the bridal salons. And then, um, about eight years ago, we adopted our kids and, um, now I'm just a single mom and living life with my two boys. Okay. All right. Uh, interesting jump from like bridal gown industry to furniture making. Yeah, for <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> so tell me a little bit, I guess, about that um, path from, I mean, I know you said, you know, you started kind of making to stay home with your kids, um, but mm -hmm. why did you even get into like the the refinishing of furniture? Um. A lot of it was just like I was on Instagram, like a personal account, and I was seeing other people like post things for sale. And I was like, hey, I could probably do that. That's something that's fairly simple. So then I just went to my local thrift stores and started buying the furniture and 
trying all the different paint techniques, you know, and I did that for probably a year and a half. And then I had someone ask me if I could make them a bench. And I was like, well, I've never made one before. And they're like, well, here's the plans. And it was like, it wasn't really actually plans. It was just like a picture of like this headboard bench. So people buy headboards, cut them up and make them into a bench. And I was like, I don't know, I can try. So I went and bought a couple of tools and decided to try. Okay. So like when you started with the uh, refinishing of the furniture, like were you starting that like as a business from the start, like as a way to kind of like make money or um, just as a hobby or? No, I was starting it to try to make the money. So um, the first couple pieces I painted for friends just to get the hang of it. But then I was like, yeah, I think I can make some stuff and sell it. And that's what I did for about a year and a half of the refinishing. I'd just go buy the, the thrift items and put them on the Facebook marketplace and go from there. Okay. So Facebook was your like primary way of kind of like letting people know you had something for available for sale? Yeah. And then I started doing some um, local craft shows. So I'd make a whole bunch of pieces or take a whole bunch of pieces and sell them. So how did you do at the craft sale type places, especially if you were doing like larger pieces? Um, I actually did pretty well. I think a lot of it was because my prices were way cheaper than everybody else that was there. <laughs> so like the first craft show I did, I sold out within the first hour. Oh, wow. 15 pieces. So the next one, I was like, heck yeah, I can do this again if I'm, I have nothing in my booth for the rest of the day. But the next one didn't go as well because I priced higher and it took the full two days to sell out that next day. But I mean, I still sold everything. So that's when I really knew, okay, I have something that I can contribute. So I just kept doing it. Yeah. And okay. So you had, was it just somebody who reached out uh, who had never worked with you before asking about that bench or um, had they already bought something from you and asked about that? making that bench yeah they had uh, bought like a little uh side table from me so they kind of knew who I was and then they were like hey I really want this bench can you make it I was like I'll try we'll see <laughs> no guarantees <laughs> right so I I mean I am kind of curious I don't want to like necessarily go backwards but you know thinking you you could do either the furniture refinishing or like, you know, building furniture right away as, as a means of making money. Like how did you have the confidence out of the gate to just go for that? <laughs> um, well, the biggest thing was at that time I was married, so I didn't have to have that income. So I was like, if it doesn't work, it's okay. Type thing, you know? And I really, my entire life, I always said, I'm not a crafty person at all. Like, I hate crafts. I hate, like, sitting down and painting little things. And to this day, I still do. I hate doing little small crafts. Like, I think they're so tedious. And <laughs> so 
it was kind of weird for, that I actually wanted to get into painting furniture or refinishing furniture and then building it because it's not something I've ever really wanted to do. But having that, that, or having knowing that I didn't have to have the income at that time, I was like, okay, let's try it. What do you think the draw was to like furniture? I mean, cause there's, you know, a, a million different things out there that you could have gone into making or doing like, what was the draw to the furniture part? I think because, um, I live in Utah, so there is a lot of moms that do this, that refinish furniture, and they still do. They don't build it. Um, so I was always watching them, and a lot of them are my friends um, now. But I was always watching them and was like, you guys make this look so easy. And they're like, it really is not that bad. You just basically either strip the piece or sand it and paint it and finish it. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I think that was the biggest thing is like, just seeing everybody else was being able to do it. So why can't I? Okay. Um, all right. So what were those first few tools that you picked up to do that bench? Um, the first thing I got was um, Amazon had like an amazing deal on like a DeWalt set. So it had the the drill, the driver, um, the circular saw, like it was, you don't see this deal. It was like a five piece set for like a hundred bucks for DeWalt is crazy. So I was like, heck yeah, I want that, you know? So I ordered it. So that, and then I went out and got a sander and like a nicer sander. Cause I just had like a little small Harbor Freight one and I wanted like the matching DeWalt one. So I went and bought a DeWalt one to match it. And so that was my first official set of tools. Okay. Were you, I mean, was that the first time you'd work with tools for that project? Yep. Were you intimidated by it at all? Oh, yes. <laughs> Especially the circular saw, because I'm like, I've never used a saw before. Like, what if I cut my fingers off? But, you know, I just watched a lot of YouTube videos to learn safety and just took all the precautions and wore all the gear and... <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, you know, and I did have um, a friend of mine standing behind me that had used circular saws guiding me. So I wasn't completely on my own. Um, so that was a little peace of mind. Mm -hmm. um, so, but yeah, I just went for it. Okay. Um, was there any like YouTuber in particular that you like? kind of were like drawn to for learning how to use those tools? Um, the first YouTubers I ever watched was uh, Shanty the Sheik, um, Anna White, and The Wood Whisperer. Okay. Which I still watch all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, more, so. <laughs> say, is it surreal at all, though, that now you're kind of in the same circle? Um, I don't think I'm really in the same circle as them. Like I've met all, all three of them now mm -hmm. and I definitely am not on any of their levels. <laughs> I mean, I hope to be one day, but, um, yeah, it's like, I get nervous even talking to them. Like Mark was the last one I met and 
I met him at AWFS a couple weeks ago. And when I told my name, he's like, oh, yeah, I know who you are. I'm like, what? You know who I am? And so it was kind of crazy. Yeah, I know. I still, there's a few, a uh, few of like the bigger YouTube uh, people that I get tongue tied around, like at WorkbenchCon and stuff like that. Um, right. Like Ben Ueda, I still can't talk straight to him. I don't know why, but. <laughs> yeah, I didn't talk to him at all while I was there. Yeah. I, nicest guy. <laughs> I have no idea why I'm intimidated by him, but I am. It's the same with like April Wilkerson. She was at workbench and I didn't say hi to her. But since then I've been to two other events and she's been at both of them. She's like, oh yeah, we, we've talked at workbench. I'm like, no, we didn't. <laughs> but like, she's super sweet. And yeah. like, now I would feel more comfortable walking up to her and being like, hey, do you remember me? Mm -hmm. So Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I'm assuming your tools have grown since that first initial set of uh, DeWalt's. So what's your kind of, what's your shop situation like? Um, it's crazy because <laughs> I'm in the process of moving. So I'm in the process of packing up all my tools and then my stuff is going in storage for a little bit until I buy a new house with a new shop. But as far as tools, I mean, I basically have a lot of the big tools. Got the joiner, table saw, planer. Um, I have a drum sander. I really want a bandsaw. That's top on my list. And like some smaller tools like the domino, any festival stuff. Like I haven't gotten in, into that yet, but it's on my list. Yeah. So you said bandsaw is at the top of your list? Yeah. Is there a specific bandsaw you're eyeing? You know, I have been looking at all the Grizzly ones just because they are a lot cheaper than most others. Um, I've had some recommendations saying that that's not like the best one out there to start with. They say to either start with the Rikon or Laguna, mm -hmm. but those I have a, like double the money. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have Lagu uh, Laguna 1412. That was like couple years ago now I think that was like my birthday present to myself um saved up a little bit of cash that's still to date the uh, most I have spent on a tool um but it gets used frequently and it works really yeah. well so um yeah no regrets there for sure um all right so even though you're packing up like basically shop spaces your garage so you'll be moving it to new garage whenever that comes about. Yeah. What's your like most standard type of furniture you like to make? Um, well, I've made a lot of dining tables. Like that's kind of my, what's gotten me like really kicked out of doing a lot of furniture. Um, but they're not my favorite. I like to do anything like that's one off, like, I built a poker table. That was my favorite to date because I have never done those before. So, um, and what else have I done? A hutch was really fun. I did like a reclaimed hutch from this lady that brought barnwood from her great grandparents barn in Kansas, brought it to Utah. 
her dad was going to make the hutch for her, but then came down with um, colon cancer and just couldn't do it. And I, she contacted me to build it for her. And I got about halfway done with it before he passed. So he got to see a little of it being done, um, which made her day and made my day. So that's probably top pieces I've done. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds awesome. I love when a piece comes with like a story like that behind it, you know, that there's some history to it. Um, those are always like super fun pieces to work on. Yeah. Um, so do you mostly do like, it's all like commission work, like you're making it for somebody kind of to whatever design they're looking for? Or do you do any of your own designs and kind of hit craft, uh, craft or art market still? No, everything I do is custom ordered now. Um, I got so crazy booked up with doing that that I just couldn't, well, I just didn't have the time to make my own stuff anymore which is totally fine. Like I like knowing that I have a steady income on like, you know, the next six months or whatever. Um, obviously with me moving, my shops shut down for a little bit. So I'm taking probably about three months off of custom work um, until I get into a new shop space. But in that meantime, I've been doing like little wall art stuff, like little pieces just to still be out there tinkering, you know? Yeah, I mean, do you feel like it's definitely like you caught the bug once you got started making stuff? Yeah, for sure. And like even with this moving part, like when I know I have nothing I'm supposed to be building, I go out there, I'm like, I really got to get out here and do something. Like I've gone like a week without even stepping in my shop and I'm like, it's so weird. Like I need to be out there. Even if it's just a half hour just to do something, like I need to get out there. Yeah, I personally get cranky. Like, I just get cranky and I don't get, I'm not the greatest mom either if I haven't been out into the shop for at least a little bit of time. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so how do you manage, I mean, especially now, like, and especially during this kind of probably busy time with the move and everything, like, your boys are eight ish right the twins are or they'll be a they'll be 11 next week okay so they're I mean they're getting older um but still I'm sure they're super busy and um it's summertime so how are you managing being like uh single mom making stuff uh running it running the business end of it like how do you manage doing all of that um luckily they like to help me quite a bit so they like to do stuff around the house and help me with chores and stuff. Um, and they know that like I do get cranky if I'm not out in the shop too. So they like to give me my time out there and they're pretty good at like, this is bad, but they like to feed themselves <laughs> instead of me having to come in and stop and feed them all the time. Like I used to, you know, um, but I don't know. I do a lot of stuff at nighttime when they're asleep. <clears throat> sorry um and you know I just work around their schedule and make it work the best I can I mean you've been doing it for five years so I'm sure you've kind of got a little bit of a rhythm down but 
um, especially when you were getting started and they were younger, um, was there any kind of, I guess, struggle around just figuring that rhythm out? Yeah, when I first started, it was harder, especially because they weren't in school. Um, I mean, they were in preschool, I guess, but that was only like two hours every couple days, you know. Um, so that was a lot harder, but I would only be out there a couple hours a day. Now that they're in school all day long, I can go out for like a good six hour stretch and get stuff done. And since they're home, I shut down shop at 3.30 and come in, do homework and do everything with them. At, you know, if I don't get to get, get it done by 3.30, it waits till the next day. Um, but now that it's summer and they're home all day, I live out in like a little country area, so they take off on their bikes most of the day. So I can go out there and just watch for them to come home. When they come home, I can walk in, check on them, see if they need anything, and then I can go back out. So it's pretty easy to manage my time with them being older. Yeah. Um, some days I'm chomping at the bit to get to those days of when my kids are old enough to be self-sufficient like that. But um other days, I think I'll miss the cuddles. But um, so you also do kind of content creation side of business, correct? Yeah, I'm getting more into that. Um, okay. Like the past six months, I've started diving into it just because I can see there is a way to make money that way. And you know, I actually enjoy teaching other people what I've learned over the years, even if it might not be the correct way. But, <laughs> you know, I still like to try to teach as best, best as I can. Okay. So, like, what areas are you kind of trying to get into? Like, blogging or, like, YouTube or a little bit of everything? Probably a little bit of everything. Um, my goal is to start YouTube as of next year. Like starting in January. Um, I was going to do it this year, but with all my hectic personal life, I was like, nope, it's not worth it. I'm not going to even try. Um, So yeah, next year I'm going to come out big doing like the blog and keeping my website up and YouTube and all that good stuff. But for now it's just the custom orders. (laughs) Okay. And do you do plans at all? I do. Um, I've, I use SketchUp and draw up plans and right now I've got a couple of plans and I just have them on the Spruced website um, just because I don't have time to do my own website and they make it so easy to just throw up plans. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Have you done some of the like IG builder challenges? I did the very first one um, and since then I just haven't had the chance to participate in them because I've been so busy. Mm -hmm. So, well, so especially since you haven't really like really gotten into the content side of kind of like this maker business, um, I think it's super impressive that, I mean, you're basically, you're managing to pay all your bills and stuff with, with just making, um, what has that, what has that curve been like, um, like right now you're describing my dream scenario, but I don't know, like, how do I get to where you're at from where I'm at right now? 
of like making a living off of this? Um, I don't know. I, you know, it really just takes one client that like really, you know, they, they really trust in you. And that's that one client that you can charge what you are really worth that puts you to the next level. Like when I was doing all my two by four farmhouse tables, like I was selling them for 250 bucks. Like that's nothing after what you pay for material. I was making like $2 an hour. And then, you know, I had some friends that wanted me to make a restoration hardware table. And I was like, I've never done that before. And they wanted it out of hardwood. And it's like, okay, this is going to be really expensive. And so, you know, I was like, I think I can do it. Here's the price for materials. This is what I'd like to make per hour. And just gave them the quote. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, go for it. And so I was like, okay. So then I did it. And that brought me up to a higher level and being able to make pieces that are worth more and I can charge what I feel like I'm worth now. So I think that's a lot of it is just having the right customer come along that trusts you to build them something spectacular and put your name into the, a different bracket of customers. So are you still, I mean, like, are you getting more of your customers like word of mouth now or is it still like you're getting stuff in from like Facebook and Instagram? Like where are your customers coming from mainly? Yeah, I get all of my business from word of mouth or from Facebook. I don't get any business from Instagram. Um, Instagram is basically just for being part of the community and showing my stuff and then getting into the content creation part of it. Um, my higher jobs are always from word of mouth of friends, though, and repeat customers. I have tons of repeat customers. Okay. Yeah, I have, um, you know, found at first when I started, I think I thought that there would be benefit to getting into more of the social media to, like, spread the word. But I think this year I've kind of refocused myself to look at, like, well, what's just local and getting my name known around here so that I can start that whole word of mouth to uh, get clientele. And especially with furniture, I mean, you don't really want to ship that like, you know, 2000 miles, that stuff gets expensive <laughs> when you start. Yeah. Yeah. I don't ship anything at all. Like um, everything is local and really doing the craft shows is what got my name out there the biggest because I just would take like 300 business cards and if they stop by the booth I'm like take a business card like at least take my name you know mm -hmm. and that's what really got me in other people's you know realm of okay she makes furniture and I mean being a woman that's totally different so like people are not used to women building furniture I mean it's getting more common because there is more <laughs> and more of us but in Utah, like a lot of the men were like, what? A woman's building us a table? And when they come to see it, they're like, wow, you did a really good job. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that segues right into my next question to ask if you've had any kind of like challenges being, especially woodworker and running your own business as a, as a woman in what's kind of always thought to be a male-dominated field. Um, I really haven't had any challenges. Like, 
I mean, I've had a few men that are like curious if I could do it, but then when they see the end product, they're like, okay, yeah, like she knows her stuff. Um, it's even like I went for a job interview at a word working place and um, the guy was asking me all these questions and I had all the answers from him. He's like, how do you know all this stuff? I'm like, I research, like, you know, I take the time to learn it. And they were like, everybody's always impressed. So, and especially like, I know a lot of women have issues when they go to like Home Depot and the guys are like, you shouldn't be here. I've never had that happen to me. Like most of the guys are just like, yeah, you, you can do this and like have encouragement. So. Well, that's good. Um, that's definitely good. I do want to touch on a little bit. Um, so when you said like, you kind of, it sounds like you upped your game when you kind of like, as far as like materials you're working with and stuff like that, because of what your clients were starting to ask for. Um, so have you like upped methods, like joinery methods and stuff? Are you doing stuff where it's like dovetails and like half laps and stuff now, or are you still mainly doing like hardware? Like, um, what kind of methods have you grown into over the last five years? Yeah. I mean, I still build everything with pocket holes. Like that's tried and true. It still works. Um, I, I'm planning to get into the dovetail stuff. Um, I've got an actual um, jig on its way so I can start to learn that. Um, I've done some half laps. And um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to get into where I know the different types of joinery just so that I can add that to my background of knowledge, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I'm with you. To me, honestly, like pocket holes is like a time saver issue too. Um, doing uh-huh. all hand joints like, you know, dovetails or half lap. I mean, they don't have to all be cut by hand, but all of that stuff takes time. Even when you get like jigs yeah. set up and stuff for them, they take much longer than drilling a pocket hole. Um, and if it works, it works. That's kind of my mentality, but <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So what have you seen? I think, you know, you probably have an advantage over some of the other moms I talk to, which usually have younger kids. So now that your kids have, are older, like what are you seeing that they're like kind of learning from watching you um, not just woodworking, but also running your own business? Um, honestly, I, my kids, like, they're not really interested in what I do other than they really want me to be on YouTube because they're like obsessed with YouTube. Like they make so many videos. It's like crazy. I really should have them their own account. And so like to them, that's all they really see is they, they're like, I can make money doing this. Like they want to be in the spotlight. Um, but as far as building, I mean, they'll tell their friends, yeah, my mom makes furniture. It's super cool, but they don't care to get out there with me to do it. They'll take my scraps and go do stuff with that, but they just don't have that interest yet. Okay. Um, do you think they've picked up at all that like 
you've managed to grow this business, like that's not, not only is it not necessarily like something that every mom does, but it's also not something that in general, like not everybody has parents that has their own business, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think they've really picked up on it. <laughs> I don't think they could care less. I mean, they would rather go go do something with their friends than know what I'm doing. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair enough. They are in those preteen years too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So what would be like your advice to another mom who would want to tackle a new skill like uh, woodworking or DIY and is hesitant to get started? Um, Just to do it. Just go out there and I mean, if they don't want to do it on their own, find someone that's local to them and ask them, hey, can I come watch you put together your next project or can I come visit with you for a little bit? You know, like I've met so many makers in my local area that I had no idea were here. Like there's like 30 of us, like within a half hour of each other. Um, And just the knowledge you learn from them. So, you know, just pick up that drill or whatever, that hammer or whatever, and just try it. You never know until you try it. That is true. And you learn from whatever mistake you end up making. Yeah, for sure. All right. Are there any um, other like maker moms out there that you kind of get inspiration from that you'd like to shout out? Um, well, I mean, my local girls, I know, you know, all of them, Brandy from Eternal Harvest, uh, Megan from Vintage Wood Designs and Britt, which she's no longer on Instagram, but overall some power sauce. Um, those are my girls. So I'll give them a shout out. Um, but as far as like other moms and other like locations, there's so many of them, like the, um, Ashley from two owl nest. She's a great mom. She's got twins actually. Um, I'm telling you it's something in the water with maker moms. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, she hustles like crazy. Um, trying to think off the bat. Tamar. She's a great mom that's a builder. Um, I don't know. I can't think of them right off the spot, but there's so many of them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for mentioning the ones you did. Um, And then just in case somebody listening to the podcast isn't following you already, like where can they find you on all of the uh, interwebs? I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and my website as Build Like a Chick. Awesome. And I would just say that probably a lot of us also use the hashtag build like a chick, even though we are not build like a chick, but yes. (laughs) That's fantastic. I'd love that. (laughs) All right. Well, awesome. Ashley, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. All right. So again, that was Ashley with build like a chick. I had such a fun time talking with Ashley and getting to know more about her. I've been following along with her for quite some time, so it was super fun to really get to talk with her and learn more about her journey to becoming a woodworker and having this successful business 
based off of woodworking and creating. If you are not currently following along with Ashley, make sure you check out the show notes where I'll include a link uh, to how to follow along with her. And the best way to get to those show notes really is to follow Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. That's just at Maker Mom Podcast. And the link in the bio there uh, takes you right to um, either finding the show notes or becoming a patron, all kinds of different links over there. If, however, you're listening to this podcast and you aren't on Instagram, um, you can also find the show notes by going to www.makermompodcast.com. Currently, that will redirect you to Freeman Furnishings homepage and in the upper left hand corner just hit podcast and it will take you right to the show notes for this episode and all the other previous episodes all right until next week i will see you later thank you for listening to the maker mom podcast you can connect with the maker mom community in the facebook group page maker moms and remember if you enjoyed listening to this episode please subscribe leave an awesome review and share this out with other maker moms you know 